Nebraska Division of Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brands radio station. Less than two weeks away. That's it's here and it's spectacular. The all-new ESPN Chicago app. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Easter Sunday, welcome into ESPN 1000. You've got Mark Zander, that's me, Brian Hamley's over there. And Brian, uh, for those who uh, celebrated Passover, that concluded yesterday. So we've got a full slate of uh, sports action today. Cubs, Cubs and Sox both play. And then, of course, the Bulls. Game one against the Bucks. We'll be talking to Paul Sullivan of the Tribune a little later on this hour. How are you, Brian? Doing terrific, Mr. Zander. How are you doing today? It's all good. It's all good. You know, my kids are grown, so I don't have to deal with that uh, Easter basket grass. You know, that plastic green grass. <laughs> yes. I still, I still, I, I am not kidding about this. I still have every year PTSD about finding that stuff everywhere. 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 In July. Finding it in July. It never, ever went away. I had to move out of the house where my kids were small to get away from it. Yeah, the inspector when you sold the house even said, "Hey, I don't know what this stuff is, can but you it could be asbestos." Up, please? Yeah, yeah. Can what, you clean this what, stuff up, please. What was that stuff made of, or is made of? Uh, <laughs> you got me. I'm assuming it's some kind of plastic product. Yeah, you because know, I mean, it, it lasts, it lasts forever, margarine. right? Yeah, <laughs> right. You didn't find and any chocolate Easter. Margarine. You didn't find any chocolate Easter bunnies from 20 years ago, did you? No, no, no. The kids knew how to polish those off. Yeah. That's yeah, that's not a problem. And uh, the solid ones are always better than the hollow ones. The chocolate oh, yeah. tastes different, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to do, yeah, it, do it, do it right. Yeah. <laughs> do it, do it, do it right. And I'm not a peeps guy. Were you a peeps kid? Uh, they weren't really a thing when I was a kid. Um, oh come on! What? Yeah, they must have been. No. Eh, I don't. I don't remember. They're, what are they marshmallow? Yeah, the the marshmallow with the little uh, sprinkles yeah. on them, and they're like little ducks. And yeah, I, I don't, and I don't remember us having those. My parents weren't into child neglect, um, so. Yeah, that, <laughs> well, well, apparently, apparently, I was, but I never enjoyed them. <laughs> Not really a marshmallow guy, but my kids, my yeah, kids that, loved them. Never that is a, for me, I, I, when I was a kid, I could eat like a bag of marshmallows, and I don't even know why I did. It wasn't. I mean, it's not for it's the a, taste, is it? I don't know. It's probably been 50 years, but I mean, it's not even something like I don't have hot chocolate much, but I don't, you know, am I going to put mini marshmallow? I, I, marshmallows are really kind of useless to me. I don't even know what, don't, is s'mores? Are you talking about Yeah, overrated? I was going to say, don't you enjoy s'more? Uh, no, have you ever had the you're ruining perfectly good s'mores? chocolate by putting it in. Okay, the, okay, fair enough. It, that's yeah. the only way that I will entertain a marshmallow. Is with yeah. a s'more, but I've not. I don't need. I see. I don't need. I don't need scalding hot liquid marshmallow on my hand when I really don't well, even care true. for the taste. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that's true. Burning, yeah, burning the top of your uh, the roof of your mouth is is not fun. But I will admit this, and this is really silly, and I don't understand it. But sometimes I will get a taste for that fluff on peanut butter. Fluffernutter. Remember that as a kid. Fluffernutter. The marshmallow fluff. Yeah, fluffernutter. Um, yeah, is that, yeah. is that what they called it? Yeah, fluffer nutter. I guess. Yeah, it was I, um, yeah. yeah I, I worked at a grocery store. I had to stock that crap too uh, on the shelves. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, stuff I'd never really. No, I, I 
peanut butter jelly. That's it. My brother, you know, did Elvis. He was peanut butter and bananas on a sandwich. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Don't get that. Don't yeah, get he wasn't that. in a jumpsuit with diamonds on it either. But he would just enjoy that. I, I never really thought of much of that. Peanut but, butter and jelly is solid. That's a solid go-to. Absolutely, that's still. Go-to. That's uh, that's yeah, in the rotation. That's in, I'll, I'll, that's in the lunch rotation once a week or at it? least. Yeah, sure. See, I do it once a week too. I yeah. like that. I like that. So we're here talking sports beyond Eastern. I hope you're having a great uh, Sunday morning on Easter Sunday. Uh, Don't terrorize. Were were you ever terrorized by the Easter bunny? I mean, there are some kids who absolutely saw the oversized bunny with that look on its face. We've all seen those pictures. And those bunny outfits back in the day where, like, even when I was a kid, I'm, I'm no spring chicken. But I'm saying, you know, I'll see pictures from family in the 50s. Were the bunnies, and they just look evil. Yeah, we used to go to like what? Marshall Fields, and they, you know, the bunny would be bopping around the store, handing out stuff. But you know, it was about seven feet tall with the ears. Right, and, had and it looked kinda, evil. Yeah, it had like the the screech movie uh, look, you know, face <laughs> going on, and you know, a lot of kids would just be talk about child up. neglect. Yeah, I mean, I, I never had an issue with clowns or bunnies, but I remember kids just melting down when they saw the bunny coming at them at Marshall Fields. So. Well, we can thank movies for the issue with clones. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it, it was an easy target. Uh, yeah, those those bunnies, uh, that's scary to this day. So so the Cubs lost yesterday in uh, in Colorado. Um, and I heard I heard a lot of the guys, the uh, regular rotation on ESPN 1000 this week talk about, do you root for Chris Bryant? Of course you do not if you're a Cub fan. But you don't want him to do badly when they're not playing the Cubs, I'm assuming. Where do you weigh on in on this? I'm thinking you're probably uh, part of that crowd. Yeah. I mean, I'm, he was terrific, and he said all the right things. He, I did like the fact he said, I don't think we need to have a press conference every time I play the Cubs because there are <laughs> a wall of cameras and microphones at his cubicle. Um, but look, I mean, between injury and everything else in the last few years, it was – it was the least bit surprising of the group that got traded or, or yeah, got moved out of here. And Javi had some very interesting things to to say to Gordon Whitmire at NBCSports.com that they were five days away from signing a contract. And he did, he, yeah, he said that, you know, that the reports that he turned down 180 million. Now he signed what four years, 140 million with Detroit after a stop in uh, New York with the Mets. He said they never got to a uh, final figure, but five days before the pandemic hit, they were close, or he believes they were close. And then once that domino fall fell with with Javi not coming to terms and the pandemic, you know, the offer not being on the table anymore. Once fans weren't allowed in, and and Tom Ricketts told you about biblical losses, the whole thing might have been different had they got Javi's contract done. Maybe Anthony Rizzo decides to stay. I I still think Chris Bryant and Scott Boris would have moved on. But you might have had two of the three anyway. So it's interesting how how that plays out. As, as, as uh, Javi Bias told Gordon, he said, you know, everyone has a plan and our plans are different. Whatever. He doesn't begrudge them anything. He wishes them well. And, you know, for everyone who thinks that he wasn't going to have a, a career that merits that kind of money, he's uh, he started pretty well with Detroit. So, you know, he said, yeah. everyone thinks I'm going to strike out a lot and all that. But. He's doing okay for him. So well, he'll strike. He'll still strike out. Oh, absolutely. That'll change. But yeah, I think he'll be an asset to the uh, Tigers, as Chris will be to the Rockies. It'll be really interesting when the Rockies come to town 
to Wrigley Field to see, uh, you know, the reaction. I'm not sure. I, I'd have to look ahead. Um, I'm not sure if Detroit is coming to town in any kind of uh, uh, to the north side this year. I don't think that that's the case. But it will be interesting to see Chris Bryant come back and and Anthony Rizzo when 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 the Yankees come to town. See now, Anthony Anthony turned down seventy five million from the Cubs and got what two years from the Yankees. Um, he might he might regret looking back now. He might win something with the Yankees and he might be happy because of that. But I, he left a lot of money on the table, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think in mm-hmm. hindsight, in his heart of hearts. He probably wishes he picked up the pen. And Jed Hoyer said he didn't lose any sleep. He slept, sleeps well at night knowing what he offered these guys. Um, I think Anthony See, Rizzo- That's the thing. That's all you could do, right? And and I think it was probably, um, a, you know, uh, certainly an error on their part if they wanted to stay. It, it wasn't for lack of trying. Well, uh, you know, I, I will say this. Say a Suzuki is earning his keep. Have you seen the numbers he he's been putting up? That's exciting. You know, that's very, very exciting. I love that storyline on the north side. This kid um, being able to get him and then making an, an immediate impact. I mean, he's already, they're already selling jerseys like crazy. So, so it's somebody to rally around for the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, people wondered if the, uh, the velocity of major league pitchers would be so much different than what he faced in Japan that the long balls wouldn't come. Well, he's got three home runs, right? So he's doing okay for himself. 10 RBI. Um, he's putting the barrel on the, ba- the barrel of the bat on the ball, putting the p- ball in play, a 500 OBP and a 1395 OPS. So, so far, so good. And he looks like he's having a ton of fun out there. Now, is that your most exciting player on the north side, Brian? Uh, yeah, I'd say right now yeah. he's, uh, you know, okay. I'm, I'm still hoping Wilson Contreras can stick around, but I don't have much hope in that. I think he's the next one ticketed, uh, for, for a trade by the deadline, I would guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Seiya Suzuki, if, as long as they made the investment that they did in him, you certainly want to see returns and see if he's a guy you can actually build around. And so far, so good. And you think that, that if he can keep that going, that's who they might choose to build around? That would be Well, I mean, he's they need a lot more than Seiya Suzuki. Uh, Marcus Stroman had a little hiccup Friday night, and he was the first to admit it, saying it wasn't acceptable. Um, which is interesting because I think he had a really good. It was like two and one with a uh, one six one ERA out of Coors in his previous three starts, and he was sailing along to that fourth inning, and then you know they put up a five spot and included a three run home run. So, I, 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 I here's what I love about Marcus Stroman. He's pretty much every day a really positive guy, and, and you follow him on Twitter, it's an enjoyable follow. Um, he's very optimistic and positive. I like when a guy just flat out comes out and says, you know, unacceptable. I don't like guys who kind of make excuses, wasn't my day, whatever. I like that attitude because, uh, you know, you need you need better from him, and he knows that. 312-332-3776. If you want to jump in here, and uh, we, we've got a pull-up, I believe, uh, Jay Kent, too, he, who is a producer uh, for us today, I, I believe he put up a uh, Twitter poll at uh, ESPN 1000 um, talking about whose bullpen concerns you more today. We say Cubs, we say Sox. Who concerns you more today? And here's why I bring this up, because <laughs> the White Sox bullpen is is this is this thing that's supposed to be fabulous. But I'm telling you, every time Hendricks comes up now, he's he's had some saves yesterday, but it, they're not easy. Made it interesting. They make it interesting. So today, right, 
and keeps you there to the last pitches thrown. I mean, bases juiced. God bless. We got to talk about that because not only is you know the the bullpen kind of interesting, but you know Tony was going to it after five innings of Michael Kopech. Uh, and and I got to talk to you about Michael Kopech because it was about a week ago at this time that someone else wanted to talk to you about Michael Kopech. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Speak. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that, that's it. There, there's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. There he is. There he is. Welcome back to the program. What do you call you? About? And I know, I know you're a card carrying flag waving apologist. That was, yeah, there you go. That was just part of it. He was just you know, I'm checking my wallet. I don't find that card that he's speaking. Well, about. I mean, Michael Kopech, he told, he said, you got to stand up and be a man too. He's got a man up, right? Right. So, right. And, uh, and so far I believe that he has uh, stood up. And he's been a man, and he's pitched. Yeah, you know, the lat, uh, yesterday, that uh, outing impressed me, Brian, because he had trouble early on. And yep. in past years, that just turned worse, right? That trouble, that trouble, he couldn't get out of it, couldn't find his way out of it. Yesterday, he found his way out of it. Yeah, and he he's talked, cold he, for pitches. He talked about it, the different mindset you have as a starter versus a bullpen guy. And he said, if he'd come in, like, you know, to, to your point, if he came in from the bullpen and had an inning like that, you feel the pressure and you react differently, and it could have gone real south on him. But being a starter now, you have the mentality of settle down. It's one inning. You're going to have at least four more to get you know get this thing done, and that's exactly what he did. And uh, we can hear from Tony Larusa when we come back from break about what he thought about Michael Kopech. But he's manned up so far. He's been okay. Um, he, he has he has been okay. There's no need to throw in the towel on Michael Kopech. No apology yet. necessary from you, you card carrying speak. <laughs> speak. And we will do and we will do more of that when No, uh, your turn to speak. We, speak. We, speak. Uh, yes, I, I think we're a couple minutes short of break here, but three one two three three two three seven seven six. I've got a couple of uh, clocks in front of me here, and I'm not sure which one to follow. So we'll have Jake make sure to get us on time. We've got some highlights to play for you. We've got uh, some audio, some other audio. Um, as as I said, we're going to talk to Paul, Paul Sullivan of the Tribune because the Bulls are heading up to Milwaukee tonight. How are you feeling about that for game one? Want to hear from Bulls Nation, 312-332-3776. First playoff series since 2017. And everyone has them, I, I believe, uh, some people actually predicting they'll lose in three, even though that's not quite possible. That's how <laughs> That's how, much... how bad they think that they're going to do. Yeah. Some people believe it, it'll, be, it'll be so bad they won't even play a fourth game. They'll just say, you know, this isn't working out very well. We quit. But, we quit. But the players, the players aren't saying that. And so we'll talk about that. And Sully's heading up to Milwaukee to Pfizer Forum. Interesting. If you have, uh, if you're heading up there, there's standing room tickets as of yesterday, forty six dollars standing room tickets. And if you That's worked a, a little, a little overtime, and I know you're of, uh, you know, now that you don't buy peeps, you've got twenty six hundred laying around. You get a first row seat up there to watch Bulls and Bucks. So. I've spent about that much over my lifetime on the kids and peeps. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you class. what. Yeah, they also have a big viewing party out there now. It's all going to be, you know, it, the the Deer District they call it. Well, yes. be outside of the uh, the forum with the big screens and everything else. But if you don't want to spend anything because you don't think the Bulls have a chance, that is a great town to go up to. A lot of, I mean, it's, you park your car, you can walk everywhere. Great restaurants, great bars. 
you know, you might want to keep the the bull's uh, sweater hidden because you might be you're in enemy territory. But that's yeah, a it's right. a quick trip, and you'd really have a good day. Uh, you know, it's a, no, a it's fun great day up there. there. It, it, it's it, I I love that town. Aside from their sports teams, which uh, you know we don't have to love them, but I love the town, and it is a great place to uh, party and enjoy. And uh, that would be a, a good way to enjoy the game. Uh, you know, depending on uh, how the Bulls show up. But we'll talk to Paul about the potential for the Bulls winning a game or two, or maybe they're out in three games, which, again, as you said, is impossible, but it might be that bad. Hopefully not. It's ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley, and uh, we want to get you in and involved at 312-332-3776. We'll be right back. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Kluber comes home. Abreu knocks one into left. Back it goes at the track. Wall down! Jose Abreu puts the White Sox up 2-1. to one. For the Chicago White Sox, this is ESPN 1000. Mark Zander and Brian Hanley on Easter Sunday. Happy Easter if you're celebrating. Brian, yesterday's game, and as it came down to the bullpen, it was a it was a close game. But Jose finally went yard. We were waiting for that. Um, but yeah, you know, as we were saying, you, you know, it is interesting when it comes down to uh, Hendricks coming in, our closer on the south side. He has made it interesting. He's he's done the job. He's done the job, and that sometimes uh, I even have to remind myself. Wait a minute! It's only one run, uh, you know, or it's only a couple people on base. You know, this is not necessarily going to be the collapse that we've seen before, and it hasn't, thankfully. But we have a Twitter poll up at ESPN One Thousand, and we ask, "What are you more concerned about today, the Cubs bullpen or the White Sox bullpen?" Now, conventionally, I think Brian, maybe the answer would obviously be the Cubs because the White Sox bullpen is supposed to be so good, but we don't have Joe Kelly, and we've seen that is not necessarily a slam dunk. Yeah, but, I mean, the Cubs really are – I mean, they're 4-4, four and four, God bless them. They're not yep. not going to contend for anything. So the expectations on the south side and that bullpen that you've been talking about are so much higher. I mean, as a Cubs fan, I'm still trying to figure out who these guys are coming in from the Cubs bullpen, Right. It's it, it, in the grand scheme of things. I don't hang on every pitch of anything, whether Kyle Hendricks is scuffling or not. I mean, wake me up in a couple of years because it's it's not going to get any appreciably better anytime soon. So I'm not sweating. There are not a whole lot of uh, high leverage pitches on on the north side. Where even early on in the season, again sitting atop the division, two games clear of Cleveland, pretty good six and. Six and two start for your socks. Mm-hmm. You know it, it's been interesting at times, but they're most, most more often than not they're getting the job done. So um, I think you know Sox fans want to weigh in on the bullpen at this point. Love to hear from them because I mean I, I think I speak for a lot of Cub fans that as long as the beer is cold and the sun shines hot and you know and you can afford and want to pay for a ticket to see mostly you know games that don't mean much that you had to really feel. Well, and, and I want to hear from Cubs fans, too, because is that how you've resigned yourself? There's got to be somebody out there that really has higher hope than that, but maybe not. And look, I know it's I know it's trying to absorb reality, 
And certainly we've had to do that on the South side for many, many years, but you still have that hope. And, you know, the Cubs, they're somewhat exciting. And especially with Suzuki, you know, I would love to hear from Cubs fans hey. to say, you know, yo, where where are your realistic hopes this year beyond the sun shining and the beer being cold? Well, you know, props to Jesse, because uh, when we had him on last week, he said, you should, you know, basically St. Louis is a team. You know, it's not Milwaukee. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. And, and I did say that the only thing I took from that opening series against Milwaukee and the Cubs was that I think Craig Council's in trouble. I think, I mean, they're they're And then they went and lost to Baltimore, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so they're one and two at home and three and three on the road, the Brewers are. They're four and five. They're two games out. You know, the Cubs are, are, are in front of them and Pittsburgh. The expectations in Milwaukee are certainly, uh, you know, they were the odds on for most prognosticators. I think in Vegas, even they were the team to to beat in the Central. And Jesse, to his prop, said uh, his credit said, no, 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 St. Louis, go ahead and, 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 and take he a look said at that. that. And, and he had a real good reason for saying that. He said that because the Brewers didn't really make themselves better in the off season like the Cardinals did. Now I wish the Bulls could play the Brewers today. That may help. Well, okay. So, unless, what, what's more likely? What's more likely? The Bulls pulling the upset against the uh, Bucks, or the Cubs actually winning the NL Central, or I'll even say being a wild card team. What I mean, because I'm not expecting that to happen. And I, yeah, I, you know, in a in a seven game series, I guess anything can happen. Paul George got COVID with the Clippers on Friday, unfortunately, and and had to be held out. Is that out. still a thing? Yeah, and well, it was a thing, and the Clippers yeah. could have used them. They end up losing that game. You know, the Cubs have, or the uh, Bulls rather, have two assistant coaches, Chris Fleming and Damian Cotter, not making the trip because they tested positive as well. Um, but those are assistant coaches, not Paul George. So, if only Giannis and Giroux and and Chris Middleton could get the sniffles, you know, this morning. I'm not wishing anything seriously ill. That's only maybe that's the only way. The, the Bulls get a shot at stealing game one, but um, we'll check it with Paul Sullivan uh, from Chicago Tribune. will be on site for the uh, first playoff game and since 2017 for the Bulls. And, and what does it really mean? I mean, not only can you to, can you win a game or two, if not the series, but the speculation is that if they lay a collective egg, the way they finish out the, the season, and again, Lonzo Ball's not going to be out there. We know that and Zach's not hundred percent. But does the front office really start looking this at this the the core three, if you will, Vooch and and Demar Derozan and Zach, and say, okay, what do we need to build around them, or that's not the core three we need to build moving forward? So, are there bigger picture questions that lay in the balance of this series? If if they if those three don't do what they can do and capable of doing, are you talking about tearing this thing down a little bit more than just adding to build it up? You would think that they would have to, right? If uh, if we if we believe the front office to be who they seem to be coming in and making the changes that they did, I don't think they're going to sit for what's happening here. But they it will be interesting, as you said. Who are the big three that they're going to build around? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. As you mentioned, after we come back from our next break, we'll talk to Paul Paul Sullivan of the Tribune. He's uh, on his way up to Milwaukee. It is going to be an exciting there. Uh, and he's he's, Mr. There. He's, yeah. he's Mr. Baseball too. Um, believe me, I mean he he's been covering baseball forever, so we can pick his brain on on oh, your sure. Sox bullpen and some other things uh, going on because he's 
He's doing it all for the Tribune right now. Sully is he's got it all covered. He's uh, he's a premier columnist and he's been covering baseball forever and now he's covering the Bulls run and we'd we'll love to get his perspective. Right. And and uh, reading through his article yesterday, you know, concentrating on DeMar DeRozan and what he's meant to the team, I've got a few questions about DeMar's uh, future with the Bulls, and we'll be sure to ask him that as well. 312-332-3776, talking baseball, talking Bulls on the Easter Sunday. And if you want to jump in with us and uh, talk about – you know, whatever comes to mind, you've got the Bulls tonight, and then, of course, you've got the uh, White Sox and the Cubs both this afternoon. White Sox will be taking on uh, the um, – um, blanking out here. Oh, the, the Mariners. Struggling yeah. Tampa. Yeah. Tampa. Or Tampa, Tampa. That yeah. was uh, – yeah, that was the season. Our, going for the sweep uh, tonight, too. Uh, yep, going for the sweep tonight. Um, that's a scary team. And, uh, you know, they've got a lot of talent. We've handled them so far. Uh but I, I think that they're going to do good. They have not. They have not been in the playoffs in just about twenty years, I believe. I don't think they've seen playoff action. Is that correct? The, Tampa. Uh, yeah, uh, Tampa. No, it's the Mariners. Sorry, I'm getting my. Uh, I'm getting. My, I'm getting my team. Tampa is a long here. way from Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, it is a long yeah. way. I don't know. Tam- I don't. Know. Tampa. Tampa is a game under five hundred and not playing yeah. nearly as well as we expect them to usually play. So. Right. Right. Talented team, low payroll. Hey, uh, look, they're one in, how they put that together down there. They're one in five against winning teams, and that's not what Tampa baseball is all about. So nope. they're in trouble. Nope. Right. Just like the Brewers. 312-332-3776. We will take a break here, come back, and uh, talk to Paul Sullivan of the Tribune here on ESPN 1000. Tanley and Xander. Chicago's home for sports. Now by your side. Through your smart speaker. Just, Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Hamley and Xander on Easter Sunday, joined by Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune. Paul, I've got to ask you, where do you weigh in on the Easter candy stuff? Are you, are you into the peeps? No, is is anyone into the peeps? Um, see, I'm with you. So see, I, you know, all three of us are no yeah. new peeps. I'm thinking uh, the peeps were killed by the pandemic. I haven't even heard of them in the last couple of years. Uh, so that may be the I one don't... good thing about the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even rem- I really don't remember them as a kid, but it's been, you know, half a century since I was a kid. So oh, I they're awful. They're yeah, awful. They're awful. Yeah, awful. they're no good. They're no good. I haven't had to deal with them since my kids were – uh, are well into their 20s now, but they, they've left a scar, Paul. Yeah, I think John Oliver had a, a good uh, bit on his uh, late-night show on Peeps. If you want to Google that, it's pretty funny. Good. Okay. I'll do that. I'll enjoy the Peeps that way. <laughs> so going up to Milwaukee to see the Bulls take on the world champion Milwaukee Bucks. You wrote a yeah, call yesterday. Yeah, just past the Mars Cheese Castle here. So. Oh, there you go. So you've made the commitment. You're going up there. It, it's happening. So – so what can Bulls fans expect out of this series? Uh, Brian pointed out that somebody thought that they would lose in uh, three games. Which yeah, that, that's how the odds makers, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. Such that's an how underdog. bad they think it might turn out. So they'll just cancel the last one and say, yeah. hey, yeah. give up. Yeah. Just call it a well, watch. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
there can't be much optimism, and that's the Bulls' fault. Uh, you know, they've had a, a really bad ending to the season, and uh, they didn't play well all year against the good teams. They're 0-4 against the Bucks. They hardly ever, ever beaten Budenholzer since he's been coach. I think he's like 14-1 and or something like that against them. So, uh, yeah, all signs point to uh, either a sweep or a five-game series. But, you know, uh, as I pointed out in the column, uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago, it was 2020 in the bubble, that uh, Milwaukee choked to uh, Miami with uh, a lot of the same stars, most of the same stars. So, uh, you know, anything's possible. Are there so big... who's really going to – go ahead, Brian. Uh, Sully, are there big-picture questions? You know, I know people have been writing about it. We've been talking about it. You have a max contract possible for Zach Levine as an unrestricted free agent this summer. If they flame out here like they did toward the end of the season, again, Lonzo Ball's not part of this with the injury and all, um, is the front office looking at this as if they compete and at least give it their all, they continue to build around the big three, you know, Vooch and and uh, Zach and, and, and DeRozan, or if they flame out here, do they start saying, well, maybe Vooch isn't part of the future and they make some other moves and, and then they have to figure out the Zach Levine contract with the injury and everything else? Yeah, I would say uh, definitely Zach, you would think that he would get the max because of just what he's meant to the organization, you know, always a stand-up guy when they were terrible. And, you know, now it's finally his first playoffs. And, uh, you know, there is probably some concern about the knee uh, issue for sure, but uh, you would think that he'd be back. Uh, Vooch, I'm not so sure about him. I think, uh, you know, he – he has a lot of double-doubles, but his three-point shooting was off. He really hasn't been the player that we thought he'd be when he came over from Orlando. So uh, I could see him possibly moving. Uh, Kobe White, you know, very disappointing. Uh, really thought he would take a step forward this year. They kept him from the rebuild, and he didn't really step up. So I think uh, Artur is going to make a few changes, uh, but definitely – you would think he would build about around uh, DeMar and Zach. So DeMar has really shown up for us this year, and he's he's really carried a, a, a major load. Are we going to be able – I mean, is this is this him turning a, a corner that's permanent? Because, uh, you know, we didn't think that we would get this version of him, and is this sustainable for next year to build around it? Well, I mean, he's it's his thirteenth year, so yeah, he is. He's been around a while, but uh, it's, I think it was his best year. I mean, I always thought of him as a kind of a complimentary player up in uh, Toronto with uh, you know Kyle Lowry and them, and in San Antonio, I didn't really pay any attention because they weren't very good. Uh, so I I thought he would you know be like a Scotty Pippen type to uh, Zach this year, you know Scotty to Michael, but. Uh, Really, he took over, and, uh, you know, really, they wouldn't be anywhere near where they are this year, you know, without him. Uh, all those fourth-quarter rescues he did in the first uh, couple right. months of the season, the back-to-back uh, buzzer beaters, the 50-point game against the, the Clippers. He almost single-handedly won that one just uh, last month. So, uh, you know, I think he's he's not – definitely he's got two years left in his contract, I think. I, I think they could uh, – uh, build around him at least for the next couple of years. Um, so maybe it's a case uh, of him. Lonzo would be the guy that would be a long term if, if he's healthy. 
Right. Okay. So certainly, it, maybe it's the case that uh, Demar just got a role that suited him better, and he stepped into it. Yeah, and he's he's yeah. just a clutch player. I I never knew that before. I mean, right. I, I've never seen surprise. a guy uh, that just turned it on like that in the fourth quarters. Well, I saw Michael, of course, but yeah. I guess since Michael, I've never. We're seen talking a about humans. We're talking about uh, not superhumans, just the regular humans. Yeah, uh, regular people, <laughs> normal humans. Uh, yeah, he, he's amazing, and he's such a cool guy, too. I mean, if you listen to his press conferences, he's never, you know, pointing to himself. He's always talking about his teammates. I think when he went down to uh, Champaign uh, to watch uh, Io's uh, number getting retired, I thought that was very, very, very cool. cool of a teammate yeah. to do that. Uh, just everything he does is, is positive and uh I don't know. I can't think of many more athletes that come to Chicago and and just uh, just become instant fan favorites like he has. And you know, we know the NBA. And you wrote about this in the column. The NBA has become a recruiting league, right? You know, guys get on the phone. Yeah. You know, they say, "Who? You know, come play with me." And LeBron James is like a do-over. I mean, his magic told get up that. Uh, the reason he didn't end up going to the Lakers is because Russell Westbrook was, you know, Walson wanted to come out to Los Angeles, and guess what? They're they're sitting there watching the playoffs now, and without the, without DeRozan, the Bulls might would have been in the play in play in tournament. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's too bad they had such a bad ending because uh, you know it really otherwise was a really great season up until the last you know few weeks, and uh, I think. You know, not having Lonzo has really hurt more than we sure. expected. They don't really have a, a true point guard. Um, Io and Kobe aren't, you know, definitely aren't, you know, starting point guards in the NBA. So, uh, no, it's too bad. It was a great season. It's, it's going to be a shame when they get, you know, knocked out in the playoffs pretty quickly. But uh, overall, I mean, if you think about the last few years of the Bulls, uh, the Jim Boylan era, how you know, embarrassing that was watching him call timeouts, you know, every five seconds. Uh, you know, this was a great season. It's just, uh, it's just a shame if it ends on a poor note. You know, the other thing, when you look at this, any playoff experience is good experience. And, and you mentioned Zach first playoff in eight years in the league, but Patrick Williams, IO. Yeah. Um, yeah. only, you know, it, it's great to hear Tristan Thompson uh, talk about trying to, and, and uh, you know, these guys who've been there trying to instill some knowledge and expectation of what postseason basketball is all about. But the, those guys who've been through it, Caruso and such, said, basically said, until you experience it, you don't realize what a different level it is. Yeah, and I think uh, hopefully they were watching yesterday's games and, you know, Edwards, Anthony Edwards and, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Poole. I mean, there's these guys on, on uh, teams that, really you haven't gotten a lot of recognition this year because they're not, you know, so-called superstars and, and they're really showing up in the playoffs, at least in game one. And uh, it would be great to see Patrick, uh, Kobe, Io, you know, these young guys in the Bulls to step up like that. Cause you know, let's face it. If they, if they have any chance at all, uh, at least one or two of those guys are going to have to do something like that. All right. Before Talking we to, let you go, we yeah. have to, you know, you have to calm down Mark Xander, Mr. White Sox oh, over here. What's wrong? What? Well, he's calm six down. and two. He's, he's upset. Oh. The bullpen's giving him heart palpitations. Well, well a little what? bit. Look, look, I'm not overreacting. The reason why I put up that Twitter poll is because a typical hardcore Sox fan would be overreacting. And, and you know, 
Yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, Hendricks will give up a hit or two, and then you just start thinking, uh-oh, this is going to collapse like his first time out this year. And he hasn't, and it's been, it's been uh, you know, obviously a good result past couple games. I think Ronaldo. Uh... and everything, and we haven't seen uh, Joe Kelly yet. So I, we no. put up on Twitter, just silliness. What but about we put Graveman? Graveman has and been Graveman, a really good, yeah, I mean, been, uh, yeah. great pickup, uh, you know. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I think yeah, Ronaldo, definitely Ronaldo, Liam hasn't gotten off to a great start, but that's him. He's it's it's right. It's really roll. Liam. Yeah, it's really yeah. been Liam. That's and and bummer at times too. But well, thank God yeah. we have more resources than that. Ronaldo Lopez's middle name is uh oh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're six and two. Come on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, there's always something to worry about, Paul. There's always something to worry about. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I would worry about the Bulls. Save your worries for the Bulls and the, don't worry about the Sox. They're, they're right, beating how about two the Cubs? really good teams in Seattle and Tampa. Well, here, here's my Cubs question. Do the do Cubs have a better chance of being a wild card team than the Bulls have a chance of beating the Bucks in this series? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, well, that's not I don't know. Okay. I would say uh, no. I would say neither. Neither. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but if you had to pick one, uh, I guess uh, I would say the Cubs, just because really? there's an extra wild card team this year, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it doesn't seem like anyone in the you know National League is really off to a great start. So, no. and we could push that concern off. The Bulls' concern is real, and it starts today. Yeah, and, uh, you know, let's enjoy it. Maybe they can pull out a game uh, in Milwaukee. They did that one of the first two games. I think everyone would, like, at least be a little more relaxed. If they go into this United Center down 0-2, obviously everyone's going to think it's over. But, uh, you know, it's a playoff. The Bulls are in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, if if you said that at the beginning of the season, you'd probably be uh, pretty happy knowing that. That's true. Watch, watch out for those state troopers, Sully. Those Wisconsin, they like Illinois plates. So be careful. Posted speed limit only. Thank you, Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune, for jumping on with us here at ESPN 1000. We're taking your calls when we come back. 312-332-3776. It's Xander and Hanley on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Xander Hanley, ESPN 1000, Easter Sunday, the Bell Bowls for the Bulls. Game one in Milwaukee tonight against the world champion Bucks. As Paul Sullivan advised me, save my worry for the Sox bullpen and shift it over to the Bulls. Which, yeah, I mean, uh, sure, sure. Again, there's always something to worry about. And it's going to be quite the challenge for the Bulls to go up to Milwaukee and take on Giannis and, uh, and, and the guys, the world champions, right? But as Paul right. pointed out, in 2020, in the, in, uh, the COVID year, yeah, they, they were not successful moving ahead. And well, we just need Jimmy Butler scoring 40 points a game like my, he did for Miami back then, so. Well, yeah, that uh, that did help. Certainly, it did help. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's going to have to, you know, step up as he's done all year. This is not uh, the exception anymore. It seems to be the rule that DeMar is uh, going to bring his game. Uh, we're going to need him if we have any sort of chance. Uh, uh, 
Lonzo Ball is not part of this. No. He's going to be sorely missed. Um, but, you know, look, uh, tip-off is at uh, 5.30 tonight, and it uh, – I think pregame's 5.30. We should be right? happy they're, they're – what, what's that? Pre-game, it's I think pregame pregame's 5.30. 530. Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe that's the that's game. But the festivities start at that time. And we're just happy the Bulls are in the playoffs. And, and, and again, as, as we look back a few years with Jim Boylan leading the team, there was zero chance to be excited. <laughs> and now we at least are afforded the opportunity to play the world champions in the first round of the playoffs. So 312-332-3776, where do you weigh in on this and uh, maybe the offseason, what they do? David from Joliet wants to join us here on ESPN 1000. Hey, David. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Dave. Um, I just have a couple questions. Uh, what do you? And my first one is, what do you guys think the Bulls need to do to win one game in Milwaukee? Well, here's the thing: the score more than the Bucks. Well, and, and in order to do that, yeah. you know, the the Bucks are great at, at really shutting down the paint and making you take right. outside shots. So, the Milwaukee Bucks have allowed the most three point attempts per game in the regular season in the NBA. Conversely, the Bulls have taken the fewest three-point attempts in the uh, NBA in the regular season. So the ones, the one, they'll probably have to take more. And that, look, there have been some games where I thought they were jacking them up way too much anyway, out of frustration more than anything else. But you heard Sully talk about Kobe White not being the guy we'd hoped he'd been. And last year we gave him a pass because they were asking him to be a, a point guard and not a shooter or scorer. He's only he's only averaged nineteen percent of his threes, making threes against the Bucks. He's got to step that up, and he can't be the only one. I mean, Vooch, when he has an open three, he's got to bury it. So that's just one of the things they have to do. Obviously, the the the, um, the disparity in free throws is huge and has been huge to the point where DeMar DeRozan was complaining after one of the losses that he wasn't getting any whistles. The Bucks have averaged 26.5 free throws per game against the Bulls, and the Bulls have averaged 15.3 free throws against the Bucks this season, and that's about six free throws fewer than the Bulls normally have on average. So they got to get to the line. They got to, and if there's an, if there's a prop bet out there, David, that Billy Donovan's got to get a technical today. If they're not getting whistles, he's got to, yeah. he can't wait. He's got to jump. Mm-hmm. He's got to make the officials aware that they're not going to sit there and watch the hometown bucks, get the hometown calls. Right. And that, and that kind of leads into my next question. Um, I just wanted your guys thoughts on who needs to step up, whose name is not DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine. Pooch, Patrick Williams. Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, those two guys are going to have their hands full with Giannis and and right. Chris Middleton. I mean, it's going to take a, a village to to. Giannis I might don't... get his right. I mean, he might get his anyway. But if the other two key guys up in Milwaukee and, and Giroux and Middleton are getting theirs, then you got no shot. But um, you got to frustrate them early. And and in a minute here, we'll, we'll tell you. Steve Kornacki was on the. Uh, Bulls pregame uh, uh, playoff preview show on NBC Sports Chicago, and he tells you one how long the odds are that they're going to win the series, but also what happens if they win Game One. It's kind of interesting. So appreciate the call. Thanks, David. Yeah, thanks, David. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I mean, Io's in the mix too. I mean, how much can you, you know, lean on him being a first first year guy? But he's somebody to be really excited about. But Again, it's all hands on deck. And remember last week, we played that audio of Billy Donovan saying, I told you about the defense. I told you. We didn't have a chance to ask Paul Sullivan about that, but that still still kind of seems like he was taking himself out of that. And hopefully he sent the message to the guys. Uh, and they, 
you know, you really don't need to send a message to the guys and to see and to indicate how important this is and who they're playing and, and the chance that they have to surprise everybody. Kevin in Lake, yeah, Kevin in Lake County wants to jump in here and uh, talk about the Bulls playoffs on ESPN 1000. Yeah, man. So, you know, it sounds like you guys have a lot of hopes for DeMar DeRozan, but, you know, the Bulls are going to get shut down, man. Uh, just being honest here, the Bulls have been collapsing, uh, you know, since the All-Star break. The team's been falling apart. Uh, with the injury to Caruso, it seemed like, you know, all hope is gone. And I would expect Giannis to be putting up, you know, 40 points a game. And I think it's going to be four straight blowouts to, to end the series. You're not the only one thinking that, Kev. And believe me, appreciate the call. I mean, yeah. no one, yeah. no that, one's that's the unfortunate them, reality, right? No one's given them a puncher's chance. I mean, not it just no. we'll we'll hear from Steve Kornacki and he'll break it down for you. I mean, the only playoff series in the NBA that has longer odds for the underdog to to pull off the upset was the Pelicans against the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns were a minus thirteen fifty to win that series against New Orleans, who were weighed in at a plus seven fifty. And we'll go over the Bulls' odds because they're not quite that long, but they're not far off. So no one's expecting the Chicago Bulls uh, to to even show up for one game. But if they show up for today's game, that's the game you need to show up for. You can't go ahead and say, well, we'll just take care of our home court. You've got to pull off the surprise today and you get do. everyone's attention. You do. Right. We're not expecting, but we're certainly hoping. 312-332-3776. More Bulls talk with Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000. When we get back.